0: Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, good afternoon and welcome to the show. So glad that you are with me today. And I'm hoping that you had a great last week and that you're looking forward to this week. And that the shows are helping. And I hear great feedback, which makes me very happy. Because one of the reasons I do these shows is I really want to just give people basic psychotherapeutic information and good self-care information, hope you know, ways that you can change your internal world to have a better outside world for yourself and for your family and friends. And so, you know, not everybody has the opportunity to have time to go get counseling therapy or coaching, um, discipling, mentoring, and not everyone has the money. And so I hope that you're enjoying these and that you send them to your friends. Use them in a small group. I have some people that are doing them in a small group. They listen to it either during the week, and then they come and talk about it, or they listen to it while they're all together. So I'm really thankful that you are supportive of this show and that you tell others about it. So thank you again. All right, we are talking today about the power of a minute. Typically, I do that on my birthday. Now, my birthday was this month. It was August 6th. And lots of different things have happened in the last three weeks. So I kind of had to delay this one. Until I could actually get the time, right? The time to be able to do this show. So I really want to thank you all for your birthday wishes. It really was a great day. And I do want to share with you what I do every year on my birthday. And this year I turned 57, which is just, I can't even believe it. Because if you really want to know the truth, I didn't think I was going to make it to 18. And so 57 is... Pretty significant, that is a great amount of time, and that actually like puts you in the you know the old people category, <laughs> which makes me laugh, but you know i 'm really proud of the fact that I made it fifty seven years because that 's quite a feat and so when I was fifty two I uh, did this show originally. I came up with this is when God gave me this idea, and I realized as I was thinking about being fifty two I thought, you know, 49 didn't bother me. 50, no, it didn't bother me. 51 didn't bother me. But 52, it was like, oh my gosh, I am like in my 50s. Like 51, you're barely there, right? But all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I'm in my 50s. I'm old enough to be a grandparent even to some people, right? So... As I was having this conversation with God about time and how long that has been and how amazed I was that I have actually lived 57 years, he started giving me insight about not only have I lived 57 years, but think about the amount of months, the amount of weeks, how many weeks that is, how many days that is how many hours, and then it went down to the minute, how many minutes I have lived. Because if if you're anything like me, if you have, you know, life, you know, sometimes you don't even think you're going to make it through one minute. One minute is interminable, right? I mean, a minute can, a lot of things can happen in one minute. And I was thinking, my goodness, I have lived every single minute of my life. Now, I may not be proud of all of them right but i have lived every one of them and as i was thinking that god kind of interjected into my thoughts and he said and i've been in every one of them with you and i thought wow god has never left me he's never forsaken me he's been in every single minute of my life every single minute he started when I was conceived, he entered into my life. And what he's thankful for is I continue to ask him to be in my life. I don't want him to just be an outside observer, helping if I occasionally ask. I want him to really be in it, with me, as my best friend, my confidant, my liaison, all that, all that he does for me. And it was amazing to think I didn't have to feel embarrassed because he's seen every minute. (laughs) Some of them truly aren't that good. And some of the minutes actually turned into hours, weeks, days, and years that probably I wasn't very proud of. But God never left me. He never left me. So, 57. I'm going to tell you how many minutes that is. It's kind of staggering. It's actually 29 million 299,500,000 299,500,000 minutes and 0.64 seconds. That's amazing. I mean, I'm sorry, 0.46 seconds. I mean, I can't even believe it. I can't even take that in. 29 million minutes. So I think to myself now, every time I have a birthday, I think, hey, well done, Cynthia. Nice job. You know, I say this because minutes is a huge huge amount of minutes that this I somehow seemed to manage even if it wasn't very graceful or it maybe wasn't always ethical and maybe I even managed a minute sinfully or a couple of minutes or days or weeks right I did get through them and I am still here and so I'm not proud of every minute it doesn't mean I managed it well doesn't mean it was pretty but what it means is somehow I managed it. I got through those minutes and I made it through because I'm still here. So, that, my friends, is truly quite an accomplishment because it has not been easy. I've had many wonderful things in my life and continue to have God do some amazing, sweet, kind, nice, uh, just fun things for me. But I've also had tremendous hardship and pain, and sorrow, and stress, and disappointment, and all those things. And so, when God says he's proud of me, it doesn't mean he's proud of everything I've done. It means he's proud of the fact that somehow I figured out how to get through that minute. And hopefully, what he's hoping, is that I learned from the minute And so if it was healthy and good and righteous and of good repute, then I'm going to repeat what I learned in that minute. If I got through the minute in a really unhealthy, sinful manner, if I got through a week or a year, well, then God is hoping that I just learned from that. Because he knows this thing about humans. Really, the only way that humans truly learn is by mistake. They really do. A lot of times their successes don't teach them anything. This is part of the human condition. So when I think about how comforting it is to see that God has been in every minute with me, helping me, laughing with me, crying with me, rejoicing, lamenting with me, probably maybe standing there looking away from me <laughs> because he didn't want to see it, right? That's amazing. The, the God of the universe, the most holy Creation or cre- he's not created, but the most holy being that we have ever known is in every minute of my life. See, some of the minutes were grand. Some I found that I wish that, that they would never end. But really, some of the minutes have been ugly and embarrassing, heartbreaking, and, and really brutal. And I'm really thankful that those minutes are over. And see, some of the minutes I had in my life are just passing minutes, like they're getting me on to the next one. But every minute of my life has mattered. Every minute counted. And it continues to make me who I am today. So God offers me little doses of life in the minutes that I live. So I want to let you know some things. It's just some interesting facts. That what can happen in one minute? See, you need to value one minute. A lot can happen in 60 seconds. So in in. We have 255 babies are born in every 60 seconds. You as a healthy adult, you take 12 to 20 breaths in 60 seconds. And we all know that we can go a long time without food. We can go without water. We can even go without sleep. But we can't go very long without air. So did you ever think about maybe what happens online in these 60 seconds? Well, Google processes over 3.8 million search inquiries every minute, 3.3 million Facebook posts every minute. Twitter users, they tweet nearly 448,800,000 in one minute. 65,972 photos are uploaded on Instagram every 60 seconds. And 500 hours of video, 500 hours of video is uploaded every minute on YouTube. It's staggering. 205 million emails are sent in six, every 60 seconds. So this is what you really want to think about. A lot can happen in a minute. And Ira Glass said it best. He said, great stories happen to those who tell them. So I want you to build your life. I want you to understand your story. I want you to honor the minutes. I want you to recognize that we all have a story. And we have an original author, which is writing it with us as well. And he's making adjustments. He's cleaning it up. He's writing new chapters for us many times. But you are here for a reason. So I want you to think about this, because it's, it's, quite, it's quite amazing when you think about time and that actually time is the only thing that cannot be repeated. Time is not something that makes more of itself. When time is gone, time is done. We can't get back that last minute. It's a resource that has an end. And it will end. So we want to really think about, what are we doing with time? How do we think about time? What's important to us about time? Do we take advantage of time in a healthy manner? Do we waste time? Do we hate time? Do we fight time? This is Cynthia Hyatt. We have Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for listening. To that last segment, please join me in the next three segments. And make sure that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Lots of interesting things there. We have lots of things on social media as well. And make sure you find this um, show on your favorite podcast server. I'll talk to you in a couple of minutes. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Jo- uh, thank you so much for joining me again. And if you're just listening for the first time, you can always find us on the website at cynthiahyatt.com. You can listen to the show in its entirety. You can also find me on all the different podcast servers such as Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Google, Google Play, uh, Podbean, SoundCloud, and certainly on the 1360KPXQ Faith Talk radio that site that website we have the shows also on the radio's website so thank you so much for joining me and we are talking about time and the issue of time and that time is that one thing that is such an un it is is a completely limited resource it's not unlimited it is limited in fact not only is it limited it can't be gotten back. There's nothing we can do to get time back. So, there are some resources like money can be limited. But we can go get more money. We can get more food. We might be able to catch up on our sleep. But once time is spent, you can't get it back. You can't catch up. You can't go, Oh, I have that five minutes yesterday that I kind of didn't do anything with. So, I'm going to use that today. It's gone. And this is why this is such a fascinating concept for philosophers, for every, you know, major religion, any minor religion that we have ever had on earth. Time is this big deal because human beings are creatures of time. And we're preoccupied with that time. See, we weren't originally creatures of time. When Adam and Eve were first created, they were timeless, just as God is timeless, But as soon as they sinned, as soon as sin was brought into the world, God started the clock and we were placed in time. And this was really for our benefit and also for his. This was to make sure that this would not go on for eternity, that there is a limit to the amount of time that we have to get this eternity thing figured out. This is why Satan is ramping up all the time. He knows he's running out of time. So we wear watches, right? We keep an account of time. We ask strangers what time it is. We ask, how long do I have? We ask criminals, how much time did you get? We ask ourselves things like in muse about how much time do I have left? Our music talks about time. We sing things like, as time goes on, and, and you know, we talk about time has stood still since we've been apart. And so this crazy thing of time is how we experience it. And everybody experiences time differently. And God inserts himself in time with us. He lives within us, so he is living in time with us. At the same time, he's eternal. And so we have this thing about time. And, wow, sometimes time feels like it goes super fast. Then it feels like it goes super slow. It just will not move. Then we feel like we've lost time. Or we feel like we like to tell ourselves we gained time, right? But this is where we want to think about the scriptures are very specific that time Is temporal. It is not eternal. And the temporal things are going to pass away. The eternal things will remain. So what God is saying to us is you are in temporal time. This will end. And you decide when you get into eternal time where you want to be and who you want to be with because that is forever. There is no more days that you're marking off the calendar if you're in hell. It's not like going to jail. And this is why it's so amazing, because eternity is endless, but time is measured by a beginning and an end. And the Bible talks about this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That doesn't mean that God has a beginning. We know there is no beginning and no end to God. But he started... That in the beginning was the creation. He wanted it to be timeless. He was hoping in many ways that maybe would be heaven for him. That he would be spending time with all these humans that he's making, that he loves and enjoys, and that it would never end. But because of our choice and we chose death, God graciously put an end to that time so that we would not live like that forever. So when you think of how time flows, this is where we get this concept of there's kind of three, three beliefs about what happens after death. We either are annihilated, right? So we have annihilation, and this is where nothing happens because there's no reality outside the world anyways. Or we have the resurrection, which Christians believe that a person's mortal body is transformed, And that we are then resurrected into an eternal life. Or you can believe in reincarnation, which theorizes that death is this passage to cyclical and unending birth and rebirth. So this is what you want to think about. If you are holding to the Christian phenomenon and that faith, then you have to recognize that there is timelessness. There is something outside of time. And we are pretty much locked in time. It's kind of like being in a timeout. God kind of said, you know what, we're going to take a timeout, because if not, maybe I'll kill you all, right? That's kind of what he did with Noah's Ark. He saved nine people, 11 people. And so this is where God is saying, i got to give myself time too, because if I have to to deal with it now, I think I will end the whole thing. I will act immediately. So I'm going to give myself some time to see if I can get this stuff turned around for my humans, because I want to be with them forever. So I want you to really contemplate this idea of time and how long you have been here, what this is about for you, what God has for you, and that you are not happenstance. See, once God really did the issue of time, that meant a plan. There's a plan, and people show up on the planet in their time, at the right time. So God has a plan, and he also has a specific time of how long we're going to be able to be here. Now, maybe give or take a couple of years. There's one example in the Bible where someone asked God for more years. He gave it to him. But this is important that you understand that time is limited, and you want to ask Your God, your Savior, your Lord, why am I here? How am I to spend my time that you have given me here? What do you want me to do with this time? And so I want to challenge you with these thoughts. Do you have enough time? Is it taking too long? What are you doing with your time? See, everyone's given a certain quantity, but you determine the quality that you place on it. See, time is a quantitative resource, it's not qualitative. You add the quality to the quantity. So, how much quality do you infuse into the time that you have been given? Do you think about yourself a lot? Is it positive? Is it negative? Do you ruminate on negative things? How do you spend your time? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this issue of time and the power of one minute. Well, good afternoon and happy Sunday. If that's when you are listening to this show, if it's usually airing on a Sunday... So I'm so glad that you're taking the time to spend it here with me and to really listen to some things that, that really might help the quality of your life. And that's kind of where we left off in that last, seg- last segment, because we are talking about the issue of time and the power of a minute. And I opened this show by letting all the listeners know that this year I turned 57. And when I had turned 52, God had given me this great insight about time. And so every year since then, I've calculated how many minutes I have been alive. So as of my 57th birthday this year, I've been alive ninety-nine five hundred thousand minutes. It's, it's staggering. It's staggering. 529,299,500 minutes. That is staggering. So I want you to think about, wow, the power of a minute. What can happen in a minute? And when we left off, we talked about the fact that time is a quantitative element. It's a quantitative issue. It is not qualitative. You put the quality into the quantity that you have been given. And that is quite a responsibility. Because one of the ways we honor God is we honor the time that he has allotted for us. Because we were intended to be timeless. But we are now locked in time. And, and we saw with the whole story of Noah's Ark that God knew. People were living up to a thousand years. And he said, they just get more and more and more wicked. I've got to put a limit on this. And so the flood started a new phase of time. That's when humans were relegated to about 75 years. Now, some live way past it. Some don't ever even get close to 75. But give or take, humans are around 75 years. So I challenged you in the last segment, and I said, you know, do you feel like you have enough time? How do you experience time? Does it go too slow? Does it go too fast? Does it go by and you don't even know it it happened? Do you lose track of time? Are things taking too long for you? What do you actually do with your time? And how much quality do you infuse into your time? How often are you talking to God in time? Do you only have a certain time of the week that you talk to God? Do you wait until Sunday? That's your time with God. And so we know that God wants to spend time with us. That's one of the reasons that he made us, was to spend time with us. So I I, I like Jesus Calling. There's some things that maybe I don't always agree with, but I love overall the quality of just how beautiful some of these devotions are. And this was done on August 29th. And I thought I would add it to the show because when I read it, I thought, this is just what we need to hear. And it really talks about trust because we know that we have to trust God with time because we can't buy more of it. We can't create more of it. We can't really manipulate it. So we have to always be trusting God with time. And so she says, demonstrate your trust in me by sitting quietly in my presence. Put aside all that is waiting to be done. Refuse to worry about anything. This sacred time together strengthens you and prepares you to face whatever the day will bring. And by waiting with me before you begin the day's activities, you proclaim the reality of my living presence. The act of faith, waiting before working is it weakens principalities and powers of darkness. So the most effective way to resist the evil, to resist evil, to resist the devil, is to draw near to God. And when you need to take action, God says he'll guide you clearly by his spirit and by his word. And the world is so complex and overstimulating that you can easily lose track and sense of direction and waste time. So I love this verse, This is Luke 12, um, verse 22 through 25. And it says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or your body, what you will wear. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single moment to his life? How do we spend our time? because we can't get it back and God is saying I've prepared everything for you I've gone to the end of your life and I started with your life and I'm in the middle all the way through as much as you will allow me to be in it I am with you I know what the next day is bringing I know what next year is bringing and if you come with me on this journey and let me be a part I can guide and protect you and support you through every minute of every day join me in the next segment this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia I hear the whispers in my... welcome back you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia and I am praying that you have a really great week this coming week So I'm thankful that you are listening to the show. I want you to take very seriously, not as a burden, this issue of time. And we spend a lot of time in the first half hour talking about how God is timeless, so He doesn't have a beginning or an end. We do have a beginning and an end. But originally, if I understand it like I think I do, we were originally intended to be timeless as well. That's why... We, we're going to be in eternity with him if we choose, or we will be in eternity in hell if we choose that. So that's, that timelessness is still in us. That's why we have such this hard time contemplating or really figuring time out. It's confounding. I, so many times I'm like, why did that minute seem so long? And then 10 minutes went by and it felt like one second why do i experience time so differently and that has a lot to do with our psyche that we do have a soul and that we were originally intended to be timeless so we have to constantly be looking and marking time because we don't naturally keep time and this is why when you think about the relationship that god has to time see he dwells in a very different dimension, and that's the spirit realm, and this is beyond our perception or physical senses. So it's not that God isn't real. It's a matter of his not being limited by physical laws and dimensions that govern our world, and you can find that in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. So when we see that God is not limited by time, it's, it's supernaturally imposed upon his people so as to not lose one of them if they so choose. This is why this is really incredible that in a sense, marking time, it's irrelevant to God because he transcends it. And, but at the same time, he's willing to work with us in time as we struggle with time. I don't know about you, but there's many times I'm like, God, this is never going to happen. How long do I have to wait? Are you ever going to fix this, Right. Or, God, please don't let this end. This is so good. I don't want it to end. But in the meantime, God is saying, I have given you an allotment of time. The more you trust in me, the more you live with me and let me live within you, you will do time better. You will know what the majors are versus the minors. You will know better how to spend your time. I'll help to give you more self-restraint and self-control so that you don't regret time that you didn't spend well. So what is time, really? Well, time is really duration. See, our clocks mark change, or more precisely, you know, our timepieces are, they're benchmarks of change that indicate this passage of time. So we could say that time is necessary precondition for change, and change is a sufficient conditioned to establish the passage of time. But really, in other words, what we're saying is whenever there's change of any kind, we know that time has passed. So before clocks were around, every human knew time passed because the sun would set, the moon would come, the moon would disappear, the sun would rise. Everyone knew this. They saw the seasons. We had a summer, a winter, a spring, a fall. And we also see in each other that we age and we can't recover minutes that have passed by. So time is a limited commodity. And this is why we want to take seriously this time that God has given us. Because I don't like to think of it just as it's my time to get my act together so that I can get to heaven and get to be with God. Or it's my time and I just want to take advantage of all the time I have because it's limited. Or I hope I have enough time to get all those fun things in. Or I hope I don't have to deal with that at some point in time. So we all think like that. What I want you to think about is, yes, the time you've been given is preparing you for eternity. That is absolutely true. But it also has to do with your impact on others who are attempting to prepare for their eternity. And don't we all hope that everybody goes? I mean, even your worst enemy, I wouldn't wish in hell forever. I mean, you know, we can think humanly and say, well, if they could be in hell for about 20 years, you know, do their time and then come be in heaven with us. But what God is really saying is, if you don't get a handle on this, this, and take advantage of this time I have given you, You will either not be prepared for heaven because the necessary changes in your life have not happened, or you have not made the necessary choices to be able to have the afterlife that you are wanting. So this is kind of, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but God kind of explained it to me like, you know, anyone that gets pregnant and their baby is in utero for about eight, nine months, and then they are born. Well, I kind of see this, and I hope this doesn't scandalize anybody, but I kind of see our time on earth sort of like in utero, right? We were conceived. God thought us up. Psalms 139 talks about that he he knew us before we were born, and then he created us in our mother's womb. How beautifully, wonderfully made. And so if you think about life as kind of being in utero, because at the end of everyone's life, They're either born into heaven to live eternally or they miscarry into hell and they live eternity of death. So this is the time. This is the time to get it figured out. Take advantage of the time that God has given you. Don't waste it. Don't lament it. Don't fight it. Try to go with it. And I'm, you know, trust me, I'm a big... Time is hard on me. I I think really fast. I move really fast. I think things should happen faster than they should. I have a hard time sometimes with the the longevity of how long it takes certain things to happen. And then sometimes I'm upset that it came so fast. I'm like, no, I wasn't ready for that. Wait, can we wait a couple more days, a couple more years? And so we all struggle with time. But if I put my trust in God, that God has created time perfectly for me, It suits me, it fits me, and every minute is important. Every minute matters, even if it's simply a passing minute. It matters. It's getting me to my eternal existence. It's determining my eternal life. So when you think about this idea of time... I want you to think about, I I have another Jesus calling that I liked that was about time. And this is um, on the 28th of May. And this is time with me cannot be rushed. When you are in a hurry, your mind flitters back and forth between me and the tasks ahead of you. Push back the demands pressing in on you. Create a safe space around you. A haven in which you can rest with me. I also desire this time of focused attention, and I use it to bless you, strengthening and equipping you for the day ahead. Thus, spending time with me is a wise investment. Bring me the sacrifice of your precious time. This creates a sacred space around you, space permeated with my presence and my peace, And so I love this. And it says, you know, in Psalms 119, verse 27 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. This is what God is doing. He's looking around the world on a day-to-day basis, minute by minute, hour by hour, to strengthen those who are committed to him. It doesn't mean our commitment is always good. But he knows your heart. So I want you to cherish the minutes. Because minutes mean so much. So much can happen in a minute. I mean, haven't you heard people say, Oh, gosh, if I had just had a couple minutes more. Or we say, Hey, I just need a minute. Just a minute. Give me one more minute. I mean, a gesture of kindness. A gesture, just a gesture can happen in one minute. It's a smile. Or just a gesture of courtesy that can change the course of a stranger's day. It takes less than a minute for a baby to be conceived. It takes less than a minute to say I'm sorry. Excuse me. And conversely, it can take less than a minute to take a life. To ruin finances. To wound someone with words. To decimate someone's character with gossip or lying about them. How many times have you felt like, oh, no, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Can't I go back in time and redo it? But see, one of the things that God gives us with the gift of time is the ability to do the undo and the redo. I do this all day in my office. You can't imagine how many things, how many mistakes people are able to undo the damage. Maybe not all the physical damage, like if it's financial wreckage or whatever it may be, but they are able to undo so much of the relational, emotional, intellectual damage and they get to redo it. So don't be afraid to move forward after a mistake. Recognize that if you've made a made a mistake, it may take you years to clean it up. It may take you 10 minutes to clean it up. But if you're still here, God is giving you time to undo it and redo it. And that's huge. So we've talked, we learned so much about the power of words and how words can change our brain and that God spoke the world into existence. Did it only take a couple of minutes to make the world? Did it take a couple of minutes to make Adam and Eve? Think about the power of a minute, the power of one word. More can be done, good or bad, in one minute, with one word, than all the money in the world, than the Apollo rocket, than a vaccine, than a blood transfusion. A nuclear bomb can do more damage in one minute. So you make the list. You think about what one minute means to you and how to take advantage of every minute. And I'm not telling you, please don't hear me say, I'm telling you to make every minute productive, okay? Enjoy your life. Enjoy the time God's given you. It's a gift. Don't you love it when people love the gift you gave them? To rejoice in it. Thank God for it. Say, God, I have another day. Because I know what it feels like when I wake up and go, oh, God, do I have to do this day too? I don't want another day. When will this be over, right? But I really try to be disciplined and say, you know, God is wise. And if I truly trust him, he knows exactly how many minutes I need to get prepared for heaven. And how many minutes he's going to let me use to help others prepare for heaven. I mean, an eight-week-old baby growing in a mother's womb, she lives approximately 86,400 minutes. So even if that child doesn't survive long enough to be born, those 86,400 minutes mattered, and they already affected so many people. So be proud of your age. It was done one minute at a time. Thank God for each one. Every one of them is meaningful and purposeful, even if it was just zoning out. Recognize that He is in each minute and He cherishes every minute of your life. So, God says to us there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on earth. Take advantage of time, enjoy time, enjoy your age. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon next week. Make sure you check out the website at cynthiahyatt.com, all the social media that we have for you, and I love hearing from you. Thanks again. Have a great week.
0: To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.